research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view, this is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C., and in our government. Sitting by my side, as always, is Eric Eggers. Eric, how are you? I'm wonderful, Peter, but then again, I'm not uh, facing a litany of criminal charges, and I don't have you know federal whistleblowers making allegations against me. <laughs> well, that's the topic of our discussion today. That's the whistleblowers that have come forward in the Hunter Biden case. Uh, you've heard the expression, the wheels of justice turn slowly. Uh, you've told me that's an expression, but you know, given the, your sort of thin and weak grasp on American culture and colloquialisms, I'm not sure that is a phrase I've heard. No. Yeah, it's, it's an older phrase, okay. <laughs> but it's true. People get frustrated with the criminal justice system because it takes a while for the wheels to start to turn. And boy, these wheels have been turning for five years uh, since we first exposed what the Bidens were doing and the grand jury was convened in 2018. And last week, as you remember, we had this ridiculous plea agreement that was struck between the U.S. attorney and Hunter Biden, misdemeanor charges on taxes, what was, I think, essentially felony tax evasion. Uh, And then on the other hand, you have the um, gun charge uh, that was basically dismissed. They said, hey, you need to go into this sort of rehab type of training and we'll forget the felony gun charge. And then they never brought charges under the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Well, we want to talk about that. And then we want to talk about more specifically this group of whistleblowers who came out uh, uh, in, you know, with Congress. And we learned some of the revelations, which I think are frankly shocking. Yeah, I think that you could make the argument that the wheels appear to be picking up speed in the last several weeks, not just because of the plea deal. And I think the collective reaction to that, which was not generally positive. No one's like, okay, well, whew, you squeezed everything you could have out of that one. Uh, and then I think partly out of reaction, then the House Republicans said, oh, by the way, we have whistleblowers. If you guys aren't going to take care of your business, uh, AG's office, you should know some of the things that people within the IRS and people within the federal government who do have courage have been standing up and saying about this thing. These are among the things you must have overlooked in your plea deals. Here's why it's so bad. Yeah. And I think you're right. The allegations are uh, quite shocking. You've got, you know, t- a screenshot of a text message allegedly sent with Hunter Biden and sitting next to then former Vice President Joe Biden in which a Chinese official is essentially extorted or threatened. Now, I'm interested in your take on why that's a potentially problematic, but also I think you have an excellent understanding of the context of that. But then also the litany of things that Hunter Biden was doing that IRS agents would say, this is not okay. You can't write off contributions to strip clubs or other people for prostitution allegedly and and generally the IRS is not okay with that. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think they consider it a charitable contribution or a legitimate business expense. Hunter Biden certainly tried. No, you're right. I mean, there's a couple of things here that I think are are important to point out. The first is 
This is a quintessentially American story, meaning what the whistleblowers have done here. Not Hunter Biden. No. Well, I mean, you could say, yeah, you go back <laughs> it's, it's in American a bit of a, history. It's a bit of a Charles Dickens type yeah, situation. I, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you, you've got both sides of it. But if you look at these whistleblowers, I mean, these guys are in law enforcement. They could have minded their own business. They could have looked the other way. They could have had good careers. They've been decorated. They've been respected. They've been promoted. They could have retired uh, after they did their time and lived a, a generally uh, careful free life. But no, they chose to step forward because they saw what was going on. And what they saw, what their report they saw is 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 pretty stunning uh, to me. First, you've got the whole question of the fact that according to them, and they were involved in the investigation, the U.S. attorney in Delaware who had convened the grand jury, who was looking into these charges, actually wanted to bring felony charges against Hunter Biden in Washington, D.C. and in Southern California. And according to the whistleblowers, they were prevented from doing so. The DOJ said, no, you can't do that. Uh, that, to me, is absolutely stunning, because what did Merrick Garland tell Congress? He said he has a free hand. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, the hand certainly was not that free. So direct uh, refutation of what we were told by the attorney general of the United States that, no, we said whatever you feel like you need to do. And you've got IRS agents saying, actually, at multiple instances, we were prevented from pursuing information. We were prevented from interviewing people. We were prevented from even like putting Hunter Biden's names on certain documents in terms of trying to collect information. And that, that we knew that that would limit the amount of information we'd be able to collect for or investigation, and we were told by higher-ups within our agency, well, we'll get most of it, yeah. and that will be good enough. And then, oh, by the way, they were essentially told to shut down their investigation in September of 2020. Why? Because of the potential impact it would have on the upcoming presidential election in which the son, uh, excuse me, the father of Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, was the presidential candidate. And that's the second thing that we now know was actively suppressed as it relates to Hunter Biden in the buildup to the 2020 election. Yeah. Exactly right. And and look, what, what these whistleblowers have said is there's clear evidence that Hunter Biden evaded taxes. It, you know, he, he uh, agreed to a misdemeanor of failing to pay taxes, which is, oops, I didn't know. And the defense here from the uh, from the Biden team is, oh, you know, he was on drugs. He didn't know what he was doing. The IRS whistleblowers went through in detail what Hunter was doing. This was not Hunter just tossing aside money he was getting and forgetting it was being paid. According to the whistleblowers, he was actually actively working. It's a common tax evasion scheme. He was taking in income, but he was categorizing actual income as a loan. You don't pay taxes on loans. You pay taxes on income. Uh, and, and according to these whistleblowers, there's a couple of years in 2013, 2014, he took in $300,000. The Department of Justice delayed their investigation so that the statute of limitations ran out. So 2013, 2014, there was $300,000 in taxes, um, uh, apparently, that he owed, uh, or something in that ballpark, they said. Uh, and yet, that's not even counted in this settlement because the DOJ was slowing things down. Uh, the other thing, as you alluded to, is the fact that they wanted to issue search warrants to search Hunter Biden's uh, a storage facility and his um, father's home, where Hunter was staying at the time. In one case, the DOJ said, no, uh, we're not going to issue a search warrant. You would be justified, but it's it's uh, too troublesome. In the other case, they actually tipped off Hunter Biden's lawyer in advance 
they said to him in advance, oh, by the way, we're going to probably be issuing a, a search warrant you know, for this facility, uh, just a heads up. I mean, I've never seen that in cop shows before. Have you? Yeah, in the movie The Departed, Matt Damon is like the inside agent. He gives Jack Nicholson a heads up. Hey, by the way, they're coming. It's exactly what that is. You don't watch enough cop shows. But that was corruption, right? Uh, yeah. But, but, <laughs> okay. But so to the, to the point, and it's funny because, in, and this has been pointed out before, but like, the Bidens kind of need – you've said how the Bidens tend to shift their story in terms of what Joe Biden's known, what the level of involvement's been with Hunter Biden businesses, and it's continued to evolve over the last five, six years since we've been reporting this story. Initially, yeah. it was like, hey, he doesn't know anything about it. They've never talked about it. And then, no, they've never made any money off of this, right? And so and now it's like, well, yeah, they're making money, but, I mean, come on. It's business. It's right. America. That's right. what we do. <laughs> right. But, like, what also continues to evolve is the depiction of who Hunter Biden is. <laughs> so in, in when he's when he's not not facing criminal charges for his gun possession, which, oh, by the way, it was pointed out by a um, Boston newspaper columnist today. Like, there's a cornerback a for the New England Patriots who literally had to pay a $30,000 fine. I was facing criminal charges within days of being caught in an airport with a gun. Yeah. Hunter Biden goes five years and then gets a drug diversion program, partly because, you know, he's, he's this drug adult kid. He needs sympathy and support. So there's the Hunter Biden, the drug addict, who can't be held responsible or accountable for his own actions. And there's Hunter Biden, the brilliant man, the smartest guy Joe Biden's ever met. And that's why he deserves to have these international uh, board appointees like in Burisma and elsewhere. He's on Amtrak. Um, and then there's also the, hey, uh, he's a very talented artist, of course. And so he's allowed <laughs> right. to uh, sell his art. And it's people, people from all over the world will buy it and they don't have to have any disclosures because that's how good he is. So yeah, it's you, like it, it could be a bar game, you know, drug addict international attorney drug addict <laughs> international attorney and it changes you're right because when the Burisma stuff came out that was the defense he's a Yale trained attorney who is being very helpful for Burisma that's why he's earning a million dollars now they come during the same time period and say he was so whacked out on drugs he couldn't pay his taxes I mean both of those can't be true and and this is what's happening they continue to retreat they've continued to lie they are now at the point where the latest White House statement is what Yes, Hunter Biden took foreign money. Yes, the family got foreign money. Yes, Joe might have even known about it, but Joe was not a participant in the business. That That is the latest statement from the White House, and it shows you how far the story has come. And that's why the WhatsApp message that was released by the House Oversight Committee is so meaningful, because it's the first and maybe most direct piece of evidence. Now, again, it would be considered, I think, legally hearsay, because you've got Hunter Biden saying that my father is right next to me while he's conducting business with his Chinese. Chinese business partners, right. but he is alluding to directly not only the fact that his father is next to him and is aware of the business, but is then threatening action if these uh, Chinese business partners are not obedient and compliant to whatever demands, which sounds like if not extortive, certainly we have financial requests outstanding that have yet to be fulfilled. Yeah, and here's the question. Why would, because the, the, the CEFC did send the $5 million after that threatening message, the question is, why did they believe him? Well, they believed him because Joe Biden did actually meet CEFC officials in 2017. Uh, and at one point, uh, one of the agents, I think, alludes to the fact uh, that um, – Joe Biden was put on speakerphone when there was a meeting with CEFC officials. So the point is, the reason the CEFC believed that his father was could be sitting there by his son is because Joe Biden had actually interacted with CEFC officials we, already. We, they'd seen Joe Biden sit by his son. They exactly spoke right. with Joe Biden. And again, that's what the whole like what is that what are the Bidens selling? 
uh, if not international energy expertise, they're selling access <laughs> to Joe Biden. And so, like, yeah. how do you sell access to Joe Biden unless you provide access to Joe Biden or at least allude to access to Joe Biden? So you like he's got to show up at some point. Yeah. And so and we now know that he has shown up at some point. And that's what makes those references in these text messages all the more meaningful, all the more credible. We also now know not just from this text message, but, you know, you talked on Sunday uh, on one of your national media appearances about this phone number and the fact yeah. that we now know that there is a phone that Joe Biden had that Hunter Biden paid for. Why is the phone meaningful? Why? Do, what do you think that will mean moving forward? Yeah, what's very interesting is it is it happens a lot of time with Hunter Biden. The reason we found the fact that this phone exists is because in 2017, Hunter Biden was complaining about the fact that he was paying for his father's phone bill. Uh, and in fact, it was Rosemont Seneca Partners, his firm, that beginning in 2009, when Joe Biden became vice president of the United States, they started paying for a special phone line for Joe Biden. Um, and what we did, of course, was look at the laptop. We found the phone number. We found the billing. It clearly says, you know, for JRB, which is Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh, and we have Hunter Biden saying, I'm, I'm, you know, paying dad's phone bill. Uh, we have sent that to the House Oversight Committee and asked them and encouraged them to subpoena those phone records, because that's going to indicate who Joe Biden was talking to on this private back channel p- phone. And here's the key thing. The White House can't claim executive privilege. This was not a government phone. It was not even Joe Biden's personal phone because it was being paid for by Hunter Biden's business. It was a business phone for his firm. And I think it's going to yield interesting results. In fact, remember... The FBI report that says that uh, the head of Burisma said that he had bribed Joe Biden with five million dollars and that he had recordings of him on the telephone. If those calls took place and there's no reason to doubt them at this point, it probably was this cell phone that was used. I mean, think about it. Is Joe Biden going to use a, a uh, government phone in the vice presidential residence to talk to the head of Burisma? Is he going to use some other phone? No, he's going to use this phone. So that could yield a lot of results. And it's just further evidence that the noose is tightening around not just the Biden family, but Joe Biden himself. But think about that now. What that means is you've got more and more evidence that Joe Biden is having conversations, not necessarily in his role as vice president of the United States, not as as presidential candidate, potential presidential frontrunner, but he's having conversations with international businessmen, international businessmen in Ukraine and China yeah. on behalf of the Biden family business. So this is like private businessman Joe Biden saying, hey, yeah, look, we need to be paid conceptually or lending his image and likeness. We need to be paid. And then, yes, you know that what Hunter is suggesting will happen will happen. And this is also consistent. Like he sent emails to, I think, the grandson of the Mexican president saying, every time you've needed anything, I've done it for you. So, I mean, this is the consistent level of communication they have. They go out of their way. The Hunter Biden and his business associates, they say, hey, look, look at how Joe Biden just gave this speech about why uh, Ukraine should rely on natural gas. Like, we can take credit for this. I mean, so there is this co-mingling yes. of official U.S. policy when Joe Biden is at the highest levels of power in the United States government and the businesses that Hunter Biden is involved in and the revelations of the IRS whistleblowers, I think, only cemented that this week. Absolutely, it did. And, you know, we, we've been asking the question for years. The Bidens, you know, have taken in tens of millions of dollars. Everybody, I think, now acknowledges that. That's clear in black and white. Uh, and we always said they don't have a product or a service to sell. What are they selling? Well, 
they're selling Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the product. Uh, that is apparently clear. And one of the charges that Hunter Biden evaded, another felony charge, was failing to file under the Foreign Agents Registration Act, or FARA. This is a 1930s-based uh, law that um, was set up during the Nazi period to uh, restrict foreign influence in the United States. If you go to the Department of Justice website, there are all kinds of people. Paul Manafort went to jail on FARA violations. They went after General Flynn on similar charges. There are lots of people that get charged all the time. And the law is very, very clear. It says if you, as an American... Uh, are paid by a foreign national, and Lord knows Hunter Biden has been paid by foreign nationals, if you then go and set up a meeting or try to influence policy with any government official, even set up a meeting, you are required to disclose that to the Department of Justice. And if you don't, you're violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act. We know that Hunter Biden set up meetings with his father. We've documented that in our research. We know even based on the emails that at one point there was a deal that was being arranged. There were meetings that were being set up. And one of Hunter's business partners said in an email, shouldn't we register under the Foreign Agents Registration Act to be doing this? It was ignored. (laughs) They never did it. So the reason they didn't file under FARA is, according to the IRS whistleblowers, they wanted to bring those charges, meaning the uh, U.S. attorney in Delaware wanted to bring those charges in Washington, D.C., and DOJ said, no, we're not going to let you do it. So another felony, and I think a very substantive one, because it goes to the heart of what they were doing, which is selling access to Joe, they avoided it because DOJ interfered in the process. No, they're dodging charges left and right. No wonder Hunter (laughs) Biden's lawyers are out there taking these victory laps because, I mean, it's been reported earlier this week, you sent me a National Review article in which it was said that uh, Hunter Biden allegedly gave – you know, stripper seems so reductive and not honoring the <laughs> integral work of sex workers these days. Uh, no, that's a real thing, by the way. You can't like you can't you say stripper. It's like problematic. I but, thought they called themselves strippers. No, I, you know, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't either. I'm just I'm just going but with the, the vernacular. But, but, but the point, point is, is that he allegedly gave uh, someone who works in that industry as a tip a gun. And not just any gun. You, I mean, you know about. You said it's quite a nice gun. It's a Wilson Combat Nine Millimeter. It's a twenty five hundred dollar gun. And by the way, he gave this to if, and I don't know if that stripper was a felon. Hunter Biden is committing a crime. You cannot give guns to felons. Felons are not allowed to own guns. So this is the kind of thing. And again, no charges were brought. In but there's some also violation if you like give a gun from out of state into another state. Like Correct. that's potentially also a violation of the law. Correct. And so, I mean, I think that's what that's kind of what's crazy about this. Like, think about this. The whole and this was to me my number one takeaway from going through the uh, whistleblower transcripts. The investigation started like how Operation Sportsman, that was his code name for the IRS agents, even came about. It's not like they said, hey, we're going to look to see if Hunter Biden's evading taxes. They were looking into an international amateur porn ring. Right. And somehow in that pursuit, they come across Hunter Biden. Like, that's who this guy is. Like, hey, right. hey we're looking at an international amateur porn. And oh, by the way, we've stumbled onto the son of the former vice president's taxes. Yes. Like, that's like, like those are the businesses that he's associated with. And those are the people that, again, I mean, the most mind-blowing thing that you reported on in Secret Empire is like, that's the guy that the government of China decides to enter into this unprecedented joint venture capital deal worth over a billion dollars. So, and again, that, that must be Yale lawyer, international finance. <laughs> 
science expert Hunter Biden, not seedy porn Hunter Biden, or not uh, you know drug-addled kid Hunter Biden. I don't know. From the Chinese standpoint, the seedy part might be good, right? Because that gives you the leverage, that gives you uh, 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 the benefit. I mean, I think one of the things we have to keep in mind is everybody is so fixated on the criminal aspect of this, and we absolutely should. But let's keep in mind, there's a larger issue looming here that even Republicans aren't talking as much about as they should. And that's the simple fact that this could very clearly and easily be a case of espionage or an intelligence operation. Um, we don't know for a fact, but look, we've talked about this before. The, the three Chinese businessmen that gave the Bidens all of these hookups, Henry Zhao, uh, Che Feng, uh, for example, or Chairman Yi of CEFC Energy, all three of them have ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. That's not a coincidence. And the fact that they are throwing deals to Hunter Biden when I think they clearly know, let's say, what kind of emotional state he's in with, in terms of uh, his substance abuse, et cetera, that is a benefit to them. Um, the other revelation I think that's important from this, uh, let's remember, is we got now even more confirmation of who the big guy is. Why did we have a doubt as to who the big guy was before? We didn't have a doubt. They kind of said, oh, you know, it's ambiguous. It doesn't actually one of Hunter Biden's uh, uh, business partners confirmed that the big guy was, in fact, Joe Biden. Um, so it's now unequivocal. I think, you know, and I understand a lot of people want to give the benefit of doubt to the president of the United States. I certainly didn't in this case. But now you even have Hunter Biden's business partners in his talk to the FBI. The transcript was released by the House Ways and Means Committee. They even now admit that it was the big guy. And here's the thing. If the Bidens felt that there was nothing wrong with this Chinese deal, why hide it? Right. If they thought there was nothing wrong with this foreign money flowing in uh, to the family, why set up 20 freaking LLCs? They know it's wrong. They know it looks bad. And they also know uh, probably that there are very serious legal implications. So they try to hide these things for a reason because they know they're wrong and they know they're damaging. Why move to intentionally keep Joe Biden's name off of the setup with the Biden Center at the University of Delaware and elsewhere? No, it's consistent with the pattern. You've got foreign money coming in. In to multiple Biden family coffers. You got the Bidens taking numerous steps at every turn to avoid as much transparency and accountability as possible. And you now have mounting evidence that shows that Joe Biden's much more involved, like literally proximate to Hunter while Hunter's having conversations with Biden family clients. And I mean, that's the picture that continues to emerge as each piece yeah. uh, gets put into place. And we got more pieces put into place this past week. So we've it's an interesting week because you have both on the one hand, Joe Biden's son kind of getting off, right? You get the plea deal, but then the House Republicans say, well, actually, yes, sure, maybe with the Department of Justice here, but we have this. And here's the other thing we have to keep in mind. Uh, this plea agreement has to be signed off by a judge. Which I think is why they had the people come forward, right? Just to kind of put more stuff into the news cycle yeah. so the judge would be aware. The ju yeah, the judge could say, I reject this because of what DOJ had done, that, that the fix is in. I think the judge in this case, I might be wrong, I think the judge is a Trump appointee. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be necessarily a Biden crony. So there is the possibility the judge could send this back to DOJ and say, not only no, but hell no, you need to actually probably prosecute these cases based on what your intention was to do, but it was stifled by DOJ. Well, it's pretty wild for all this to be happening while Donald Trump, you know, former president in an unprecedented way is facing 
37 criminal charges up to 400 years of jail. <laughs> I mean, it's wild. <laughs> and meanwhile, but think about this, like, and, and there's the whole, like, hey, is the deep state actually going after Donald Trump? Is the Donald Trump says he's going to drain the swamp. He gets out of office and now he's facing, like, literally in numerous courts charges. I mean, is it possible that uh, he's earned some of that attention? Sure. Is it also possible right. that this is, like, the rise and the revenge of the deep state? Well, I guess just consider this. You've got now new, two, at least, federal agencies in terms of the Department of Justice that chose to go easy on Hunter Biden. And you also now got the IRS that's saying, hey, yeah, we're also going to sort of take a pass on this despite mounting evidence. So it doesn't look like various mechanisms of the government are operating equally. No, they're not. They're not. And by, by the way, you mentioned Trump. You know, the interesting thing to me is what got more news attention, the fact that Donald Trump paid cash to a, you know, uh, uh, exotic uh, a dancer, Stormy Daniels, as opposed to Hunter Biden giving one a gun. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it just short, sort of shows the disparity. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the frustration. We have a fabulous criminal, criminal justice system in America. The problem is it relies on the integrity of those that actually manage it and run it. And it's become politicized. So where does this go? Where, where do you think it goes next? I'm waiting, by the way, we've seen the whistleblower information from the IRS whistleblowers. We still have, I think, at least four FBI whistleblowers. We haven't heard fully from them yet. So that shoe is to drop. Where do you think this goes over the next six months? Yeah, I think we'll continue to get a clear picture. As you know, we said we've got more FBI whistleblowers to go. We've got potentially eight more bank accounts to go, if not more. You've got the phone records that conceptually, conceptually are going to be subpoenaed for Joe Biden. So there's lots more to kind of continue to paint and fill in the picture. Yeah. And I, I do. I mean, I, I guess my big picture takeaway is every time we learn more, it doesn't look better for the Bidens, right? I, I mean, I every, every new revelation is like, oh, and they did this. Right. Oh, and Joe did that. Oh, and they made money from here. Oh, and he gave this person a gun. So, I mean, it's not like he's like, oh, actually, you know, he wasn't. Joe Biden said, no, I can't do that, right? The one email after going through them all that we haven't seen or any of the Bidens being like, no, that's a bridge too far. That's yeah. unethical. Or a hunter. Stop it. Right. Yeah. None of those exist. You're exactly right. I, I, I would agree with you 100%. And I think, look, we hear from people all the time, oh, nothing ever happens. We are now in a situation where we have the machinery of government actually investigating and exploring obstruction of justice by the Department of Justice and exposing the full extent of what the Bidens were doing. You've seen nothing yet. There's eight more bank accounts to show. There's going to be more from the whistleblowers. My prediction and my belief is we are going to see the establishment of the Democratic Party turn on Joe Biden, recognizing because of his age, but also because of these scandals that he does not have the capacity to win in 2024. And we're probably going to see a Gavin Newsom step into the race. I think that that you saw that in the coverage of these whistleblowers for the first time, outlets like the Washington Post calling it damning outlets like CBS News actually covering the Hunter Biden story in a major way. You're starting to be the shift, see the shift, and I think that means doom and gloom for Team Biden. I think I just pulled a muscle like watching you shift from <laughs> investigative reporter Peter Schweitzer to political pundit and prognosticator Peter Schweitzer, and I'm just saying like that's compelling. But the number one thing that I've heard Peter Schweitzer say in this office after working with him for over a decade, I'm terrible at predictions. So I just want to I just want to put that out there. You, you are right about that, and 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 for me, I. 
I look at it though in terms of the consequence. The the there's frustration because of who's going to jail. Nobody's going to jail, but there are still consequences. And the fact is, this is now a major component of the way in which the American people see Joe Biden. There was a Harvard Harris poll a couple weeks ago. Fifty seven percent of the American people, including a majority of independents, believe that Joe Biden engaged in corrupt acts to benefit his family's business. Um, that I think is an enormous accomplishment. Our goal is not related to who wins and loses our elections. We're a five one c three. It's exposing the truth, and the truth has now finally come out on this process that we started back in twenty eighteen. Well, so. I, and I will say to give a little bit of credit to your prognostication ability, uh, you noted it's been maybe six months ago, but as the Hunter Biden story started, you know, it, it has reemerged. For a long time, it was buried in the recesses of the conservative ghetto media, if you like. And now it's become to reemerge in the corporate, what some would call the mainstream media. You said Washington Post, CBS. And when that started happening six months ago, when the New York Times is reporting some of that stuff, he said, I think it's because charges are being filed. I think it's because they have found enough evidence to suggest that he will be guilty of something. And, you know, it might not have been to a lot of charges or the charges that were severe enough, but he did, in fact, plead guilty. That's so, exactly right. uh, so I do think that you're reading the tea leaves and noting that to the extent that there's a relationship between the consequences of the behavior and the fact that the media has to sort of participate in the reporting on it because they can't be seen to have been ignoring something so consequential that's happened before and if you think that that's what's going to continue to happen then you know i'm inclined to agree with you yeah, well, and not just you. because you signed my paycheck yeah yeah <laughs> one of the few times that you've agreed with me uh, but in all seriousness we thank you all in the audience for joining us um as you can tell we're passionate about this we're going to keep fighting for you we're going to keep fighting for the truth you can find the podcast at thedrilldown.com or other locations where fine podcasts can be found. Thanks again for joining us.